Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Well, hey, we're starting a brand new series today called Rattled, called Rattled. And uh, if you're new to church, you're like, what in the world is a series? It's just a collection of talks around a certain idea uh, or a topic. And uh, before I get into that, I do want to challenge you uh, this year to, uh, I know we're a couple couple weeks into the year now, we're halfway through February. I wanna challenge you uh, to go all in this year. Specifically in this series, I wanna challenge you to be here every week of the series. I really think it can help you. Not because I have something to say, but I really believe that God's word has something to say to you. And this is gonna be one of those series where we just dive into the word of God. We're gonna take a lot of notes. I mean, every week we're going into the word of God, but this week we're gonna kind of break it down, uh, not verse by verse, but the majority of the chapter we're reading. And so it's gonna be a fun series, but what in the world is rattled? We're gonna be talking about how to find joy in the midst of chaos. How many of you know sometimes your world can get rattled a little bit? Sometimes you can have some things. There is a hand in the back. Amen, the only honest one in the room. Um, sometimes life has a way of rattling you, right? And uh, when life rattles you, what does it wanna do? It wants to rob the joy from you. It doesn't want you to feel like you can make it and you can do it and the sun's gonna come up again tomorrow. No, it wants to, it wants to sit you in bed with a pint of ice cream and some Netflix and say, this is how it's gonna end. Uh, but I think you can find joy in the middle of chaos. I think that even when you're rattled, Life can be okay, that God is there in the midst of being rattled. Hey, let me ask a question for you. How many of you guys like surprises? Anybody like surprises? A couple of you guys. My little boy, uh, one of the things that he loves doing now is we got him this book, and it, it's, a, it's a boo book around Halloween. Uh, sorry if you just lost all disrespect for me. It was a Daniel Tiger book or something like that, but um, the book, uh, it, just, it just says boo, Every, boo. And then it's another page, boo. And so Samuel thinks it's cute now to run around the house and surprise me and say, boo. Hey, daddy, boo. And in turn, what does he wanna do? He wants to be booed as well. He wants to be scared as well. Now, it's all fun and games when I scare him, okay, when he expects it. But being the good dad I am is every once in a while, I'm gonna give him a good boo when he doesn't expect it. And man, you ain't never seen anything until you've seen a four-year-old get scared because their daddy scared them when they come around the corner. I sh I'm a horrible dad for that, I know. But it's all good, fun and games. I'm building character in him and building trust in him. But it's funny because I'll, I'll boom and it'll, it'll shock him. And, and I learn in that moment, you know what? We don't like surprises. Nobody likes to be surprised. It's okay if you kind of expect it. But when it comes out of nowhere... It can be a little jolting to us. I don't like surprises. I don't like surprise meetings. I don't like surprise. Seriously, you wanna meet with me and it's a surprise? You text me, hey, let's get together and you don't tell me what it's about? I don't like it. I may say I'm busy, okay? Because I just don't like surprises. I wanna know what you're gonna say. I wanna know what's coming at me. I wanna know what to prepare for. I don't really like surprise birthday parties, right? Because, you know, if you're surprised, you're not dressed right. You're not, you know, you don't, you don't know who's gonna be there. You don't know if you like them or don't like them, okay? I don't really like surprise presents. I wanna know what the present is ahead of time. Come on, everybody wants to know what the present is ahead of time time. No, no. A couple of you. The honest ones. Everybody wants to peek. There you are back there in the back, James. Everybody wants to peek. I just, we don't love surprises, right? But sometimes life surprises you. 
Sometimes life comes out of nowhere. And as you look through the scripture, uh, I think there's a particular book in the Bible uh, that really, really dives into this idea that, um, you know, in, in the middle of chaos and in the middle where life is sometimes throwing you some surprise, you know, things or some surprise, you know, trials or whatever, that you can have some joy and you can learn to deal with life in the middle of chaos. That when you're rattled, when you're surprised, you can make it. You can make it. And so what I want to do is over the next five weeks, I want to dive into the book of James. The book of James. Uh, for many of you guys, if you've read the book of James, you know how short it is. It's five chapters. You're going to love it. And so here's what I want to do is I want to encourage you um, over the next five weeks to let some of this be your devo time. If you're looking for a way to start reading your Bible this year, you're looking for a way to dive in, uh, just read along with me. We're gonna cover, um, we're gonna kind of bounce back and forth, but we're gonna cover most of the book of James. Like I said, not verse by verse, but all the big themes. And so I wanna encourage you to take the book of James, begin reading it over the next five weeks. I think it'll really bless you. And so from time to time, these are the types of series that we're going to do, uh, because I want to help you uh, see how not only the Bible has some very practical advice for you, but how you can begin to read the Bible for yourself. Today is really not rocket science. You're going to see as we go verse by verse just how easy it is to break down the text. And for many of you, if you've ever opened up the Bible, oftentimes you open it up and you just feel confused. You're just like, I don't even know where to begin. And so I really hope this series helps you uh, just know how to begin reading the Bible, how to begin looking at it uh, with not a critical eye, but, but an eye of, of this, this, this word wants to help me. This word wants to come alive to me. And, uh, you know, when you allow it to, the Bible really does jump off the page. It really does speak to you in some really profound ways. And so that's what I want to do. Today I'm going to talk about uh, two, two things that James kind of digs right into in chapter 1. And it's this, trials and temptations. Trials and temptations. Two totally different things, and uh, James explains exactly what they are, and I believe that this is going to be really great today because when chaos comes your way, there is a way to handle it, and that's what James dives into. How do you handle trials, and how do you handle temptations? Let me start with verse number one, book of James, chapter one, verse number one. It says, James, and uh, how many of you know who James is? Does anybody know who James was in relation to Jesus? James was the half-brother of Jesus, the brother of Jesus, but we say half-brother because uh, Jesus was God and, you know, it's not, their blood is not the same kind of thing, you know, and so James is the half-brother of Jesus, and so James says, uh, James, a servant of God. I love this because when James describes himself, I mean, here is a pastor. Here is somebody that was, uh, that grew up in the home with Jesus. I want you to think about that, right? I mean, if anybody could have announced himself, you know, with, with some sort of uh, dignity or some sort of status, it could have been James. James, the, you know, the brother of Jesus, you know, the one who saw who Jesus was in the home and out of the home. That guy, James, right? But he says, I'm a servant. Not a rock star, not a pastor, not, I'm a servant. Yeah, good. You know, I think we can learn a lot from James just from that one part. Yeah. 
just there, that, that we're called to be servants, that we're called to walk through life humbly, that we're called through life serving people. And that's what we saw Jesus modeled so well. That's probably why this would be James's attitude because he grew up in the home with Jesus. He was with Jesus. He knew what it meant to walk with God. He said, I'm a servant. I'm a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on, he says, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nation. At this point, the church is scattered. They're under persecution. They're a little rattled. They're a little rattled. And he says, hey, I wanna help you. I wanna speak to you. The ones that are scattered across, the ones that are a little rattled. And he says this, he says, greetings. Now, I'm not gonna cover every single word of every verse like this, but I, I do wanna cover this because this word greetings, we can skip right past it if we're not careful and we think it's just like a what's up. Like James, the brother, you know, the servant of the most high God, Lord Jesus, 12 tribes, greetings. Sup, people? It's not what it is. If you look at this word greetings, it actually presents this idea of rejoicing, yeah. uh, of leading with joy. And James, as he's, as he's about to, to speak to an audience, he says, he says rejoice. Yeah, even though you're scattered, even though you're rattled, even though there's chaos all around you, rejoice. That's how I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead rejoicing. I'm going to lead with joy. And that's, that's in essence what that is saying is James is saying, here's how I'm entering the conversation when life seems to be throwing chaos at me. I'm just going to enter it in with the leading step of joy. Hey guys, I know you're rattled, but rejoice. Rejoice. And then he goes in to describe two things, trials and temptations. What is a trial? If you're not taking notes, you should take some notes. Um, let me give you two words, trial. What is a trial? Well, a trial really is this. It's, a, it's an obstacle that comes into your life that you didn't really prepare for, that you didn't really plan on. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Like you didn't plan for a global pandemic. Selah, you know, like you didn't plan, you know, for, for that phone call from your employer to say, hey, today's kind of the last day. We can no longer keep you on payroll. You didn't plan for that relationship issue or that challenging thing at work. You didn't plan for that tension. And that's an obstacle, right? And God doesn't tempt you, but he absolutely does allow obstacles to come into your life to grow you. And so there are obstacles that come into our life. There are trials that happen to every single one of us. And so that's a trial, an obstacle that we didn't plan for, we didn't prepare for, it just kind of surprised us. And then there's temptation. What is temptation? Well, temptation really is a fork in the road that does not come from God, that God did not allow in, where you get to make a decision. And so an obstacle, okay, or a trial is an obstacle that catches you by surprise, that God can allow, but there is temptations in our life that is a fork of the road meant for us to make a decision that is not from God. And so these two things, he jumps right in to trials and he says this, and the first thing I want you to understand about trials is this, if you're taking notes, when it comes to trials, you get to choose how you see them. When those obstacles come your way that you didn't really plan for, you didn't really prepare for, you didn't wake up thinking you were gonna get that phone call today, you didn't, you didn't start it, you didn't, it wasn't because of you, but here it is and it's on you, okay? You walked outside and the tire was flat. Can I get an amen on some trials there? You know what I mean? Like, I, you get to choose how you're gonna see it. 
You get to choose how you're going to see a global pandemic. You get to choose how you see that tension at work. You get to choose it. And James says this in verse number two when it comes to trials. He says this. He says, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And so when you're facing a trial, when you're facing an obstacle in the road, you get to choose how you're going to see it. And James is saying, what if you saw it, or saying, what if you saw it through the filter of joy? You know what I've learned in my life? You will find what you're looking for. If you think it's the end of the world, well, guess what? It's probably going to feel like the end of the world to you. If you think it's going to take you out, it's probably going to try to take you out. If you think it's going to depress you, it's probably going to depress you. You think it's going to make you anxious, it's probably going to make you anxious. You'll, you'll find what you're looking for. You'll find through the filter in which you see things. Yeah, and James is saying when trials come your way, this is not like pie in the sky, by the way. This is not, you know, just bury your head in the sand. You know, everything's going to go, you know, okay. But no, when trials come your way, you get to choose how you see it. And you can see it with joy. You can see it with an attitude of, yes, I don't want to go through this, but this is not going to take me out. This is not going to depress me. This is not going to make me anxious. This is not going to put me into Netflix and chill and shut my door to the world. No, this, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose that this is going to make me better, this relational tension, this financial hardship, this job situation, whatever's gripping me, whatever is around me. You get to decide how you're going to see it. And when it's over, you get to walk away from it saying, that was the most horrible thing in the world. That took me under. That tried to take me out. Or you get to walk away from it saying, you know what? Yeah, it was a bad day. Yeah, it might have been a bad year. But man, God was with me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He was right there with me. And so how do you see it? You get to see it through the, through the filter of negativity or you get to see it through the filter of joy. Yeah, and James is saying, if you look at it the right way, yeah. it has the potential to do something great in your life. Yeah. But how you see it matters. And you get to choose. You get to choose how you see those trials yeah. in your life. And you need to know this. Your thinking will drive your living. Yeah. What you think, you will become. If you think anxious thoughts all the time, you're going to be an anxious person. And so how are you seeing the trials in your life? And so number one, you get to choose how to see it. But number two is this, you get to choose how to use it. How you see it, but also how you use it. Are you gonna use it to let it take you out? Are you gonna use it to grow you? Yes, this wasn't fun. Yes, I didn't like this, but God, teach me something in this situation. Help me in this situation. Grow me in this situation. I love what it goes on to say in verse number three. It says this. It says uh, that, that, that consider, right, consider it joy when you face trials. Why? Because you can know that this kind of testing of your faith, guess what it can do? It can develop perseverance. And perseverance, when it finishes its work, guess what it does? Next verse. Perseverance, when it finishes its work, guess what? It allows you to be mature and complete. Not lacking anything. So you get to choose how you see a trial, and then you get to choose how you're going to use that trial. 
If you use the trial the right way, you can come out on the other side of that global pandemic. You can come out on the other side of that difficult relationship. You can come out on the other side of that, you know, that job thing that you didn't think was going to happen and it happened and it can grow you. It can develop something in you. It can mature you. God can use it. Yes, it was stretching. Yes, it hurt a little bit. Anybody ever worked out? I don't like working out. Okay, it hurts, right? It stretches you. But what happens when you stretch? You get bigger. The muscles, they got to be stretched to expand. You don't get buff and walk around like the rock if you don't stretch a little bit. I saw you the other night, Billy, posting your selfie at the gym. Were you flexing in that picture? He doesn't get that kind of flex without stretching those muscles a little bit. It's the stretch that brings growth. And so you get to choose, is the stretching, you know, something that you're going to let take you out or is the stretching going to be something that you say, you know what, I don't like this, but it can grow me. I don't know how to walk through this, but God, I'm believing this is going to make me more mature. This is going to make me more complete. I don't like this financial hardship that came my way, but maybe at the end of it, I'm going to learn to steward my money a little bit better. I'm going to learn to trust God with my resources a little better. I don't like this relationship issue, but you know what? I can learn something from it that sometimes I shouldn't always say whatever I think. Sometimes that hit somebody. I don't know who that was. Right? And so you get to choose how you're going to see it. What filter you're going to have, but then also how you're going to use it. Are you going to use it to let it grow you? And you're like, well, I don't even know what to do. I get that. I can see it with joy. Okay. It's a little hard to do. I know it can grow me, but how? Like, how does it happen? Well, James goes on to say, I'm glad you asked. Because you can see it and you can use it. And when you don't know what to do, guess what you can also do? You can ask for help. You can ask for help in the middle of trials. You can say, okay, God, I'm gonna choose joy. I want, I want this to, to grow me. This obstacle that you've allowed to come at me, would you use it to grow me, to develop something in me? And God, would you help me see that in it? God, I need your help. James goes on to say this in verse number five. It says, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Man, this one scripture has been so crucial to me because I, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm 35 and I don't know everything. I thought more people would laugh on that. You're like, you're right. I don't know everything. And so I've got to ask God every day, God, give me wisdom. What you're using me to do is beyond my years, beyond my experience, beyond what I do know. So God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom to lead your people. I need wisdom to pastor this church. I need wisdom to be a better dad. I need wisdom to be a better husband. I don't have it all figured out. God, I need wisdom to walk through as a leader how to navigate a pandemic. God, I need, I need wisdom on how to navigate should I or shouldn't I, and should I buy that? Should I step into that business venture? Should I acquire that? You know, I, I need wisdom. There's gonna be things that come your way, obstacles in the road, that, that you're going to choose to see them as something that can grow you and stretch you. But you don't have to do it all on your own. Yeah. You can get wisdom. And God says this, if you lack wisdom, just ask me for it. And if you ask me for it, guess what? He'll give it to you generously yeah. without finding fault. I love that. And it'll be given to you. 
I love that you can go to God and say, God, I need help. And he's not up there saying, what do you mean you need help? Can't figure this out. This isn't that big of a deal. No, it says he'll give it to you generously without finding fault in you. Without saying, how come you can't figure this out? How come you can't do this on your own? Aren't you mature enough yet? Aren't you, don't you have this handled by now? Wow. No, God's up there saying, okay, you need wisdom. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I'll give it to you generously. Uh-huh. I'll give you more than you need. I'll give you the steps. I'll give you the plan. I'll show you how to do this. Mm-hmm. Without finding fault, it will be given to you. Yeah, and so that's a trial. You get to choose how you see it. You get to choose how you're going to use it. And you get to determine in the middle of the trial, you know what, God, I'm going to ask for help. I'm not going to try to figure this out on my own. You know, growth happens, I think, after trials. If you'll choose joy. If you choose joy, guess what? You can come out of a trial stronger. You can come out of a trial better. I love what my pastor says, Pastor Daniel. You can come out of it better or you can come out of it bitter. How are you going to let that relationship issue define you? Is it going to make you bitter? It's going to make you better. I know people, I've got family in my life that have had feuds and for 20 years don't talk to each other. Because they had a trial. They had a moment. And they said, you know what? We're just going to let it make us bitter, not better. Now, they didn't say that, but that's exactly what happened. They didn't use that to strengthen that relationship. They just ran from it. They just said, well, this is how it's going to be. And so what are you going to do in the middle of a storm? When life wants to rattle you, when life wants to cause some chaos that you didn't plan for, you didn't want to happen, it was an obstacle that surprised you. You get to choose it. You get to see it. You get to ask for God and help. And so that's temptation. Isn't that so good? We could just stop right there. That's five. You see how this works? Five verses of scripture, so rich. You can do this with your Bible. You can open this up, and you really can read it for black and white. You really can read it and just say, okay, God, what is this saying to me? And so in the very next breath, um, he he transitions, and I'm going to fast forward down to verse number 13. And so let me read verse number 12 to you. Do you guys have number 12 in the back, guys? Look, look at the benefit of, of a trial. It says, blessed is the man who preserves under trial. For when he has stood the test, when he's walked through the trial, guess what? He'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. Yeah. On the other side of a trial, you can be blessed. That's a good word. All right. So in the very next breath, he dives in to temptation. Let's talk about Temptation. First thing you got to know about temptation is this. It's not from God. Trials, God will allow, but temptation is not from God. God does not tempt you. James 1.13, for when you are tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Here's what you got to know. When temptations, fork in the roads come, where you're standing there, you get to make a decision on how you're going to respond to something. You've got to know God is not up there trying to, you know, tempt you. Is he going to choose good or is he going to choose bad? God does not tempt us with bad. 
God does not tempt us to sin. Don't get these things mixed up. God will allow trials into your life, but Satan, I know that's not a popular word. In fact, we don't even hear it a lot. Satan, he will use temptation to destroy you, to ruin you. The Bible says that he roars like a lion, searching people to devour, searching lives to destroy. John 10 and 10, Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. But the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. God will use trials to grow you, but Satan will use temptation to to try to destroy you. And you have to know when you're faced with temptation, when you're faced with that opportunity to lust, you're faced with that opportunity to give somebody a piece of your mind, which I encourage you, don't do that. You need all the mind you got. Why do I want to give somebody a piece of what I have very little of as it is? When you're faced with those things, you got to know it's not God tempting you. Okay? No, it's a, it's a temptation. It's a fork in the road where you get the opportunity how you're going to respond to that. And the devil wants it to ruin you. The devil wants it to take you out. And so here's the thing. The good news is this. The enemy doesn't have a lot of new tricks. He's been using the same thing since the Garden of Eden. He's been using pride and unforgiveness and jealousy and greed and lust and all of those things. He's been using them since the very beginning. And so you will know what James is saying. Hey, it's not from God, but here's something else you can know. It's predictable. Temptation is predictable. James, James goes on to describe this predictability, actually. He said there's actually a process in which the enemy tries to ruin you, in which the enemy wants to use to take you out. And so this one part of the message I'm going to give you right now, this is worth the price of a mission, which it didn't cost anything to come, so <laughs> hopefully it's good. Now, on a serious note, this one thing I think can help you above everything else that I've taught today, if you walk out with this, I think it can make your life better. I think it can help you because we will all have moments of temptation in our lives. Even Jesus was tempted. Right after he came off of a high, he got baptized. The father said, this is my son whom I love. I'm well pleased with him. Guess what happened? The enemy said, okay, Now that you think you have it all together and there's no chaos in your life, come on. Come with me. Let me tempt you. And so even Jesus was tempted. And James describes the process of temptation in an incredible way. Let's read it. Verse number 13 and 14. But each one of us is tempted when by our own, what? Evil desire. I should have made that yellow. By your own evil desire, he is dragged away. And then enticed. And then, guess what? After desire has conceived, you know what happens? It gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And so here's the process of temptation. Let me give it to you. And so what is temptation? Number one, James says this. says, each one of us is dragged away by our own evil desire. 
So the first step in temptation is this. You desire it. So when temptation comes your way, this is the process in which it tries to take you out. It tries to get you to desire it. Go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. Who said you can't eat this fruit? It's beautiful. It looks amazing. You desire it, right? All throughout scripture, you see this. The enemy, when he was with Jesus, he took him up and he said, aren't you hungry? I know you've been fasting. Eat this. Don't you want to rule over all of this? Jump down, see if the angels will catch you. He wants to tempt us with desires and fantasies and this is the process of sin. The times in your life where sin gets the best of you starts here. A desire, a fantasy, a thought. Your thinking drives your living. Every interaction of every couple I've ever counseled that's had an affair, you know where it started? With the desire. They thought about it. When it comes to things in your life that you know you shouldn't do, but you wind up doing somewhere, there was a thought. Oh, it's not going to be too bad. I can go there. I can handle it. I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind. It's really not going to go that terribly, you know. But it's a thought. It starts up here. You think about it. You fantasize about it. You dream about it sometimes. Lust starts with a thought. And then what James says is it starts with the desire and then it drags you towards it. And so the second process of temptation is this. You desire it and then you move towards it. This is the path of sin. You desire it and then you move towards it. There is a sin in all of our life that so easily besets us, the scripture says. The enemy knows your buttons. The enemy knows what gets you. And he's going to present it to you. Because if he can get you to desire it and then move towards it. See, here's the thing. You don't sin at the point of desire. That's not sin. Because you thought about it. You know, you know where it starts becoming sin when you move towards it. We're all going to have desires. The enemy is going to try to trip all of us up. But are you willing? I, I think it's Romans, right? The book of Romans. Take every thought captive. Make it obedient unto Christ. And so here's the desire, but I'm going to take that thought captive and give it unto God. So do you take the thought captive or do you move towards it? When you begin to move towards it, bad things happen. When you decide you're going to spend your life, I want you to think about, you know, think about um, guardrails on the side of an, you know, an interstate. If you decide you're going to spend your whole life driving right next to the guardrail, what happens if you ever slip up and make a mistake? You're going to hit it. 
When you spend your whole life, you know, right on the edge, okay, you move that close to it, it's gonna make things harder on you. And so when you desire it and then you begin to move towards it, guess what happens? You act on it. Very rarely, once you move towards sin, do you have the power to not act on it. Oh, I'm just gonna go to that gathering that I don't feel comfortable going to because I know what's going on, but I'm gonna be good. Kind of thought about what it would be like to be like everybody else there. What would it be like to just kind of fit in? What would it be like to just kind of do whatever I want? And you move towards it. And I promise you, if you move towards it, you're not strong enough. Single people, you have some desires when you start dating that is in you, that God put in you. But listen, don't let those desires become a thing that you start moving towards and think that you got the power not to act on it. You can't get in the bedroom, lay on the bed and shut the door and think you're not gonna act on it. That fleshes itself out in so many areas of our lives. You desire it, you move towards it, you act on it, and here is the result, death. Maybe not a physical death, but a part of you dies. part of you kind of gets crushed a little bit. It's so predictable. And so here's what I've learned when it comes to sin. And maybe this is just what I had to do because of the role I'm in, but I think it's something that we all should do. You got to magnify the consequences. When you have opportunities, temptations that come your way, magnify the consequence of it instead of the pleasure of it. Don't magnify the pleasure of it. Magnify what it could do to you. So you do want to give your coworker a piece of your mind. Feels good in the moment. You think about it. You know what you're going to say. You've rehearsed every thought head to the cubicle, you move towards it and then, you know, it's no holds barred because you're there. And then what happens? You get fired. You lose the job. Now you're in a trial. Well, God, why did you let me get here? I got no money to pay my bills. I don't know what to do. Temptation, a fork in the road that if you, you get to decide. If you decide this way, it can save you. You can decide another way. There is a way that seems right to man, but the end leads to death. All right, if we just landed there, that would be like, okay, this is a little depressing, right? Let me help you though with one last thing that James ends with. I love this scripture in 1 Corinthians. He says this about temptation. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Guess what? You're not alone. That thought you had, that thing that you did, you're not alone. All of us have been tempted. All of us are faced with trials and temptations, but God is faithful. But God is faithful. 
And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. For when you are tempted, guess what? God provides a way out. Pastor, I don't know a way out. Small groups is a great way out. Relationships are a great way out where you can take off the mask and say, I'm not doing good. I'm being tempted. I do wanna do this. I do wanna move towards that. And when you get real with people, you take off the mask, you confess your sin thoughts to one another. Healing can begin. God will not give you more than you can bear. And when that unbearable stuff comes on you, there is a way out. You can have victory in Jesus' name. You can overcome pornography in Jesus' name. You can overcome those anxious thoughts in Jesus. You can. There's no temptation that can overpower Jesus Christ working through and in you, but you gotta give them your weakness because in your weakness, he is made strong. You can overcome all things through Christ who gives you the strength. And so trials, you get to choose how you see them, how you use them. You can ask God for help, temptation. Temptation is, it's, it's predictable. It's trying to, trying, to, trying to take you out. But here's, here's the last part about temptation, and it's this. It's not inevitable. It may be predictable, but it's not inevitable. There is a way out. With God, there is a way out. James 1.18 says this. It says he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, was with God. The Word became flesh. John chapter 1. You know who the Word of truth is? It is Jesus Christ. And through Him, you are more than a conqueror. He chose to give us birth through the Word of truth, that we might be the kind of first fruits of all He created. You look in the NIV or the message or something that's a little more, you know, for you, easily understandable. You know how it describes that. It says that he puts you first above every other creation. That there is a way out. He gave you the word of truth. He gave you Jesus. And in Jesus' eyes, you are first above every single creation. And so this is the book of James. Week number one. That in your trials, you can find joy. In your trials, God can grow you. In your trials, God can give you strength. Can mature you help you. When it comes to temptation, it doesn't have to take you out. You don't have to fall prey. It's predictable. But with God, there is always a way out. And so maybe you're rattled by some trials. No more. Joy in Jesus' name. Rattled by some temptations. No more. Now you know the enemy's scheme. Amen, everybody. You received the word today. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.